Welcome to the Morning Star Podcast, where we engage in meaningful conversations that display God's handiwork and encourage you to live a Jesus-first life. This episode is all about sharing the story of God's faithfulness through personal testimony. So let's jump in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Morning Star Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Mayhew, and I have with me today Kristen Bacher. Kristen, how are nice. you? I'm doing good. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, just for everyone's reference, how long have you been going to Morningstar? Well, let's see. My son is 17 and I walked in the doors of Morningstar when I was pregnant with him okay. for the first time. So he, it's been 17 years. Nice. That makes it easy to keep track, right? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Great. Exactly. Great. Um, so Jen Tompkins actually was like, when she, we were talking about the podcast, she's, you were like one of the first people she recommended. She's like, mm-hmm. oh, you just have such a, you're a wonderful person and have such a cool uh, story of how God used you in your life. Oh, she's so um, sweet. Yes, she is very sweet. Um, so just starting from the beginning, um, how did you even come to like know Jesus? Like what's your background there? Oh, wow. That's a deep story. Well, sure. let's see. I, well, I did not grow up in the church. Okay. It wasn't just part of our family life necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, once I graduated high school, I kind of had a moment of honestly, just like depression. Uh, you know, I kind of fell into like, what am I doing? I had, I had got accepted into some schools. I couldn't afford to go. And I was kind of left behind. It felt like all my friends had kind of gone away and it led me to just, I needed to work full time, go to a community mm-hmm. college. And um, during that time, I had made friends with a gal who um, had a one-year-old and her and her husband had like just got married and they were just like a young Christian family and they were just really nice, but they, I didn't know they were Christian. They were just like nice people, you know? And yeah, yeah. Um, I just was just kind of a, I was just kind of lost in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. And uh, she would just invite me over for dinner or to hang out with them. It just kind of took me in to just spend time with me. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't anything weird or pushy. It was just like, they just want to hang out with me. They like me. And well, that great. meant a lot. I had a really big family mm-hmm. that was like very busy. I'm the oldest of 10. And so there's just a lot going on at home. So I just kind of was trying to find my own place to be and who was I going to spend time with. And um, it was just great. They invited me to church and um, I remember being terrified. And just over time, like eventually I ended up getting like baptized in their church. And I think I was nice. 21 or 22 years old. So it was just kind of this natural progression of like mm-hmm. learning from them and what that meant really mm-hmm. to like accept Jesus and yeah. like live that life. And, and it was just it was, there's so much more details to that, but it yeah, was yeah. like really all these things that led me to this family okay. and um, brought me to that place. And I was just like, it just felt like, I don't know, like God met me somewhere versus mm-hmm. like, I don't know. It was, it was just kind of amazing how that happened, but yeah. um, I'm so thankful for that family. So yeah, it was kind of an interesting story. I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't grow up in the church and it was kind yeah. of later in life. Well, that's neat. Like it's a good example of just like, you had some friends who were just faithfully loving you yep. and like, you might not have been a Christian, but like yeah. over time, like as you said, like you graduated high school and then it was like, you were 21 when you got baptized. So yeah. that took years. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, that's cool. That's yeah. encouraging to know, like, is we hanging out with the unbelievers in our life that like, mm-hmm. sometimes it might take a long time and a lot of patient loving. But Yeah. And really, I think for me now, it's like, we don't always have to like, go out and be like, you need to love Jesus. It was like, <laughs> they just loved me. 
Uh-huh. They just accepted me, even though at that time I was not making the best choices for mm-hmm. my life and they mm-hmm. never judged me or get, they were mm-hmm. just there for me. So it just, to me, it was like that, that's kind of what set the tone for me mm-hmm. as far as how I am with other people, you know? So yeah. I thought that was amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So after you accept Christ, kind of where does your life go from there? Well, sh- very shortly after I met my husband oh, okay. and um, we had a very quick engagement, yeah. got married and mm-hmm. we're pregnant immediately. And so okay. we had our son, like I said, we moved here um, to Salem when I was pregnant with him. Mm-hmm. And so we, and we were both kind of new, we were like new Christians basically, um, mm-hmm. didn't really know what we were doing at all. And <laughs> we just were like, we need to find a church. We knew we wanted to find a place. And so we visited Morningstar and mm-hmm. and walked in. And um, actually, I ended up meeting someone outside of the church. And she mm-hmm. invited me to like the mom's group at the time. It was mom to mom. Oh, nice. And brought me in. And that's really where I got to meet Jen. And like mm-hmm. all the, all my friends now really kind of stemmed from that, that time where I kind of walked in the door and went to the mom's group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Have you been doing like the Mons group ever since? Are you like one of the... Well, I kind of like, as my kids got older, it yeah. just like, it was kind of that younger kid season. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it was like, I started working and it was just kind of shifted to yeah. like, that wasn't kind of the season I was in, but always have a heart for moms mm-hmm. with young children because it mm-hmm. was a tough season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. So you have three, three kids. kids, three kids. Mm-hmm. Okay. You have... Kason, he's 17. Okay. Jackson is 13. And Emery is nine. Emery is nine. Yeah. Okay. And uh, you said that was kind of a tough season just now. Like, yeah. um, what exactly happened? I have some details <laughs> that Jen has provided me with, but none of us here listening know those details. So, yeah, like in general with the kids or just like specifically with Emery, kind of through um, what you. Sure. How about yeah. both? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, with kids, when you have young kids, it's just, especially when you're young, having mm-hmm. young kids, like you're already trying to kind of figure yourself out, mm-hmm. mix that with like, I was a new baby Christian trying to live this new life. Mm-hmm. And then also like undo a bunch of un- like bad habits and yeah. just, and then kind of heal from the past and also be a mom and then be a wife. And Uh I mean, it was just a lot of all of that kind of overlapping mixed with kids that like just are constantly needing you. And you're, you're also trying to like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not my best self. I can't totally give you everything that I know I'm supposed to give. And so it's just kind of draining and exhausting. And you just kind Mm -hmm. of, I don't know, it was was just that constant. I was so thankful for mom to mom because it Mm -hmm. was like weekly. It was like a weekly check-in of just women that could surround me and like guide me and say like, that's a normal feeling. And this Mm -hmm. is what you should be. It's just kind of, you lose yourself a little bit through Mm -hmm. it and you just are feeling so much worry and guilt Mm -hmm. about everything you're doing for your kids. And you just want to be Mm -hmm. the best mom, but then you're realizing you're like processing your own early childhood, like Uh as you're taking care of your children, it's the craziest Mm -hmm. thing. You're like, Oh my gosh, I'm realizing things that I went through as I'm parenting them. So it's just, it's a really tough, Mm -hmm. tough season and you have to have a lot of support to get through it. Mm -hmm. What kind of, so like you're trying to figure out your relationship with the Lord, how to like mm-hmm. be a, not just a baby Christian, but how to like mature in the faith. <laughs> yeah. Um, like what um, kept you going? Cause you mentioned like it's exhausting and hard. Mm-hmm. Like what kept you going from day to day? Yeah. Well, again, I think it was those who I surrounded myself with mm-hmm. like friends like yeah. Jen and just like all, all the wonderful friends. I, I met Amy Kershman who, is one of my dearest friends. She's actually the one that invited me to mom to mom. And oh, she just good. literally like 
was just such a great inspiration. And mm-hmm. really, I knew I had to surround myself with people who knew um, just kind of a healthier way. They weren't perfect. And they, it wasn't like they weren't struggling. Like we yeah. struggled through things, but they were just at another level that they could kind of mentor and teach me and like mm-hmm. guide me. And I had to have them because I just didn't have anyone close nearby, like yeah. family wise to kind of support me with that. So I think it was them. It was the my church family yeah, <laughs> that yeah. Carried, carried me so through. kind of the point, yeah. right? In a lot of ways. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we still have, uh, I think it's called Mama Tribe Now. Yes. Mama Tribe Now for any of you uh, moms out there that are interested in finding yeah. community. I have a friend who goes to it and uh, speaks very highly of it. Yeah. Um, but it's just really cool to hear, like, again, like in the same way that God used community to bring you into the mm-hmm. church, he's also using that to sustain you throughout yes. it. Um, and so I kind of want to set the picture a little bit. Um, before you've had Emery, kind of where were you and your husband, like in your walk and with your life with Christ at that point? I think we were, we were kind of getting a groove, right? We had two Mm -hmm. boys, um, you know, seven and three and just like, okay, we've, we have our family. We're just, you know, I think we were kind of figuring it out and thinking, okay, now we can like take a breath and actually, we could buy a house. We could like Mm -hmm. get to that point because it was just, had been such a struggle with having young kids and, um, we were just kind of ready to kind of go to the next level. Like you just kind of do that when you have young kids, like I can't wait till they get a little bigger and we can actually like do things. And Uh we were at that point where like, it's now time. Things are going to be great. Things are going to be better. Like I'm going to go back to work where everything is going to come together. (laughs) Now's our time. Mm -hmm. Like that's where we were at. You're kind of at the high point where like, oh, it's going great. We're running this race. The kids are, they're potty trained. Like we're going, Mm -hmm. like they're going to go be going to school. Like I'm going to have my, I'm going to kind of have a little bit of my life back. Oh man. Oh man. And then you have your daughter, Emery. (laughs) So do you kind of want to explain a little bit of what's going on there? Yeah. Well, she was a surprise. We found out we were pregnant and um, any of my friends that you know, have been with me through this at Morningstar and knew Mm -hmm. that that was really hard for me. I was having a hard time with it and they kind of kept me going and excited because I was like, how am I going to do this? I was like ready to be done. Mm -hmm. And then first I had to like accept that. And Mm -hmm. then she was born. Of course we were like, I, by the time she was born, I was like, okay, she's meant, meant to be here. I just, and I think a lot of women struggle with that. They've gotten pregnant and they were not expecting it. And they Mm -hmm. were like mentally not prepared. Hmm. We feel bad that we're like, scared or grieving over that. Like, I'm mm-hmm. not ready for this. I don't know if I want to do this. And you just, but then like you see their face and you're like, I know, yeah. like, I know. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds silly, but when she was here, um, it was just like, she was just meant to be here. And I knew mm-hmm. it. I knew mm-hmm. like God had a plan for her. And what's crazy is like, it's going to sound crazy because, but when I, ever since I was young, as early as I can remember, probably 13, mm-hmm. I had this feeling I was going to have this daughter and she was just mm-hmm. going to be very special. Okay. She would have curly hair. And I'm not even joking. Like, so <laughs> I, I had two boys in, in that story. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. say I was like devastated that I hadn't had this daughter that like mm-hmm. had I had envisioned, even though before I had a relationship with God, I just had this like feeling that there's huh. this daughter. And so I, when we found out she it was a girl and she came, I was like, this, this is her. Like, yeah, this is totally so her. Cool. And she was born and seemingly fine. And then um, six weeks after her birth, um, mm-hmm. we she was showing she was she was still jaundiced, so she was very yellow in her mm-hmm. skin. And mm-hmm. we didn't know what was going on, so I took her to the doctor, and they took her blood and found out that there was something going on with her her liver, and <laughs> they didn't know what. So they said you got to race up to OHSU and mm-hmm. get this checked out. We think she might need surgery, and it was. Oh, 
completely devastating to yeah. get that. We, I got home from the doctor's office, sat down and just, it was like a typical night and then just get a call, like go right now. And I'm looking at her thinking she's, she's fine. I mean, she's a little yeah. yellow, but uh-huh. like, it's not a rush to the hospital situation. They're like, you need to go now. She needs surgery. It was terrifying and we got up there and spent a couple of days of doing a bunch of tests. And um, by the end of it, basically, we found out that she has a rare genetic disorder called hmm. allergial syndrome. Allergial syndrome. Allergial syndrome. Okay. And it just kind of threw us – We it's so hard to explain when you're mm-hmm. sitting there. Just everything's kind of swirling. You don't know what's going on. And um, we, they didn't have to do surgery after all, because the syndrome really is something that kind of plays out over time. Like there wasn't mm-hmm. what's wrong with her liver is just the way her liver is. And we just have to kind of like, let mm-hmm. it go. And mm-hmm. this is so rare. This is maybe even ultra rare that the doctors don't have a lot of information. And I yeah. literally was handed a little packet and set home oh. and I'll see you in three months. And I went home and started, of course, looking up allergial syndrome Yeah, and found nothing but horrible, horrible things and mm-hmm. no hope. Um, oh, a lot of just, if I'm being honest, just death and suffering. And I was not okay. <laughs> yeah. No, that's hard. It's not okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like, so uh, Emory is getting this diagnosis. You're there. Mm-hmm. You're reading all this sorrow on the internet yeah. about it, presumably. Yeah. And uh, how, like, where are you with God in that time? I don't know. It was, I think what was, what, what I remember what was mm-hmm. going through my head. It was basically like, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. It was like, first, I don't think I'm gonna have a daughter. Then, mm-hmm. okay. Then I'm pregnant. I don't really want to be pregnant. And then, mm-hmm. okay, it's the girl, it's my daughter. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to give her to me and then you're going to take her away. Mm-hmm. Like it, I, I mean, I ultimately, I think that's what anger, it was just like, yeah. it was just like grief and anger at him for like, I just didn't feel like I deserved that. And mm-hmm. I know that sounds silly, but I was just like, what? And and she didn't deserve it. And why would we go all this way mm-hmm. just to watch her suffer? So I just had to go mm-hmm. home and look at her. And I was, I was devastated. And I just thought I, it was just anger. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, a lot of anger. I was just mm-hmm. kind of writing out anger mm-hmm. at that point. It, it sounds very like a uh, book of Jobish almost yes. where it's like, ah, all this crud is now happening to me. And mm-hmm. I don't know why. Um, yeah. and God's not exactly, you know, telling me why at the moment. Mm-mm. Um, so, um, you go back, you get these papers, you're like, see you in three months. Mm-hmm. Um, like what do the next sort of like three months look like for you and your husband? Um, <clears throat> we process things very differently and that's very mm-hmm. common with families who are working with children with, you know, especially high medical needs. Um, mm-hmm. He, men, I don't know, I don't want to generalize that. He, for him, it was just very, very hard for him to kind of accept. And he, Mm. if he couldn't fix it, it was like kind of, he just had to disassociate. Like I, that's not Mm. happening. Like Mm. he didn't want to deal with it. Right. Mm -hmm. And I am a jump in and research and I need to control and I need to plan Mm -hmm. and I need to figure Mm -hmm. this out and I'm going to solve the problem and I'm going to take over. So Mm -hmm. I think I went into just like what 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 should I do? And then I think for me though, when I found out there's not much to do, I think mm-hmm. that's when I kind of just like crashed and was mm-hmm. like, I can't. Do you mean there's no action steps to fix this? Then I'm, 
it was, I, that's where I got really, really depressed. Yeah. And he, and he just was like, we have to keep going. Let's pretend like that's not uh-huh. happening. So it wasn't the greatest, yeah. you know, because we we're on totally two different pages. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just kind of at a loss of what to do. Yeah. No, that, that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. I would definitely be at a loss in that scenario. Yeah. Um, so like over these three months, mm-hmm. you know, you're doing this, like at what point do you kind of like, like, do things get worse or do like things start to go up from there or? Yeah, it was, I think it was what, it, what we realized was we thought something like major bad was going to happen right out the gate. Like we would mm-hmm. know what to mm-hmm. do with her. Like her, either her liver would fail and we would like have a trend. Like we wanted just answers and we realized hmm. after a few appointments, like, oh, this is a, we're in for the long haul. Mm-hmm. And really what yeah. this syndrome is, is it's a wait and see. And we have hmm. to just kind of keep going and we just see how her body's going. So it became this whole like trust, right? Like mm-hmm. it was trusting God just going, we just have to make it to the next thing. Like we don't, there was absolutely no way to determine hmm. her her health future, even mm-hmm. though we had a diagnosis. So it was hmm. where I ended up kind of having to go, which was like, okay, I just have to focus on what I need to focus on for this period of time. Like we need to get from here to here. Like mm-hmm. I need to make sure she like grows. Like we're just going to focus on that. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of, I started just kind of living goals and seasons for her mm-hmm. um, for the sake of my mind. Um, yeah. Cause it was just really hard to think anything for, cause the first thing you want to do is just go, well, how long is she going to make it? Mm-hmm. Like, what is the, you know, what's the life expectancy here? Mm-hmm. Like, that's just where your mind goes. Yeah. And it's like, I can't, and, and I think that was what God was laying on my heart. It was just like, stop looking so far ahead. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you can't go there. You can barely deal with today. Like, yeah. <laughs> just let, let's get you through today, and then we will we will get there. And mm-hmm. and that's really hard for me. So yeah. I just like was like, okay, one season, one goal at a time. And then I felt like I had like control over something, but yeah. also I was not putting my mind places that God didn't want me to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. So- it seems like a very uh, practical way to apply the, you know, teaching of Jesus of like, uh, don't worry about tomorrow for yeah. tomorrow has enough worries of itself. Like, don't worry about the next season yeah. for that's going to have enough worries. Just focus on this one mm-hmm. uh, and just get your day, your life <laughs> through the next day, through the next yep. step, your daughter through the next season. Yeah. Um. So how is Emery today? She's, she's doing great. Okay. She's actually, I mean, that her story is phenomenal uh-huh. like what god has done through her and like yeah. through our lives it's um i mean for her after that that year we realized that for her in the syndrome like it's actually affecting her liver very mildly um oh. in in severity as far as like major symptoms she had one primary really bad symptom that mm-hmm. was kind of overtaking us she was in pain and and what mm-hmm. is called pruritus it's cholestatic pruritus so basically her body's filled with bile acid and it just like causes itching all over her body and oh. so she literally would want to like just as a baby rip herself to pieces and just like rip at her skin and want to oh, just no. pull and get in her ear so um those first two years of her life she basically just never slept. She was, she could go out. If people saw us, they'd be like, oh, she looks great. She's so cute. But mm-hmm. we had to keep her covered. And and the night times were torturous. It was just oh, like, man. I just never, ever, ever slept. And yeah. we would just sleep in tiny little bits. And um, it was a really, the, the darkest 
season yeah. of our, I mean, outside of getting that diagnosis, which was just kind of like shock. And then it was, became suffering. It mm-hmm. just became, she was doing well in her health. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Like she's growing and the numbers look good, but like this symptom was just yeah. overtaking our lives. And mm-hmm. we were just, it was just such a dire situation mm-hmm. where no one understood. We were in the dark. Nobody knew how mm-hmm. bad it was. We would just like go home. There'd be no bedtime. There'd be no end. And mm-hmm. she would just suffer all night. And I would oh. scream and cry all night. And I would just kind of cry out to God, like, yeah. why wouldn't you heal this? Like what? Like mm-hmm. that? it would be like, it doesn't make sense to me why you wouldn't heal. And wh- like why we would have to watch her suffer. Mm-hmm. Not once, not twice, but every night. Like, Every day, just this never-ending incessant suffering. And it was just, it took a toll on our family. I couldn't spend time with the boys. Um, Mm -hmm. Not sleeping, by the way, just like literally makes you crazy. Oh, yeah. You just become crazy. Like you can't process thoughts. You're emotional. Like it it, it affects so much of your life. Um, Uh And people didn't understand. Family and friends, like they understood, but they couldn't really understand just like They'd be like, yeah, I know what it's like when a baby, you know, baby doesn't sleep. Be like, no, this is watching your child suffer, knowing why mm-hmm. they're suffering is because ultimately an organ is failing and they may not survive. Like wow. it was so much deeper than just watching her like fuss and be in pain. Mm-hmm. Um, it was all of it every single night having to live through that, that ultimately took a toll and drove us to just a really dark place. Yeah, It was really hard. Um, so like. In in this valley, like at what point you're in this valley? Like how long would you say like that kind of went on? That was two and a half years. Two and a half years. Holy cow! Yeah, it was a very long time. Saint. No, (laughs) it took a lot of support. There was like a lot of support along the way. Mm -hmm. I mean, it would be just tiny little things that would show up for us, and that's what kind of like kept us going. Would be Mm -hmm. like a surprise, something at our door, someone. Or, I mean, there were so many times our small group kind of surrounded us and like mm. did dinners or they did it mm-hmm. like, you know, they raised some money for us to like put towards medical costs. And mm. it was just like tiny little things. People we didn't even know, um, mm. like would, would kind of jump in. Um, it was just, that's what kind of kept me going. That's, that seems like another way in which God yeah. is using community yes. in your life. Yes. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, so this goes on for two and a half years. Like mm-hmm. how does your relationship with God change over these like mm. sleepless years? Do you still kind of like live in that place of like being a little more angry towards God or mm-hmm. do you more eventually have some sort of epiphany or something? Yeah. Or what? You know, it's kind of interesting. You said that there was one time I took her up and I backing up, like I am the worst mom to be in charge of a child with medical condition because I'm terrified of hospitals and needles. And Mm -hmm. when she got diagnosed, I basically ran out the door and was like, I'm out. And I called Mm -hmm. my friend, Ashley Livingston, who attends here, whose son was going through her, his own medical needs. And she Mm -hmm. was a little more seasoned than me. And I was like, I can't do this. Like, there's no way. And she was like, you have to do it (laughs) by the the way. (laughs) And you're, I'm going to make you do it and you can do it. You know, she just really uplifted me. But Fast forward to um, 
you know, a, a few months in, I was having to do all these appointments and, mm-hmm. and take her up and get hold her down and get all these blood draws, which were horrific. And I, I could never do it. I started by sitting in the corner and covering my ears and someone, I'd have to bring my husband or a family okay. member to like deal with her because I was like, I can't mm-hmm. watch this. And over time, like one appointment, I had to go by myself. No one could go with me. And I went and I was like, God, I can't do this. Like, mm-hmm. this is not for me. Mm-hmm. And I had to do it. And they actually had to like literally... They couldn't get it from her. They had to hold her down a team of like four. And there was like, she was like four months old. It wasn't even like she was big, Um, but they couldn't get anything from her. And they had to like draw from her head. And I I just watched her. I took this picture of her having like this tourniquet around her head and this towel wrapped around her to hold her down and three people holding her perfectly still. And all of a sudden, like I was on that drive home afterwards, we got the blood and Mm-hmm. went home and I, as I was driving, I was just kind of crying. I was like, God, yeah. like, this is so horrible that she has to look at me while she's being held down and being crying like this. And she's looking at me like, why are you doing this to me? Uh-huh. And I'm her mother. I'm like supposed to protect her. Like yeah. I'm the one that's supposed to stop them from doing that. And she's going to hate me. Like I could foresee uh-huh. this future. Like she's just going to look at me like, why are you doing this to me? And all of a sudden I just had this image of like, sorry, I snapped <laughs> image funny. of me. Like I was on the table. And he mm-hmm. was looking at me and I was being held down and he wow. was there for me. And really like the goal of Emery getting her blood drawn was to ultimately help her, yeah. right? Like if they didn't get that blood, I don't know the information that I need and she doesn't get the best treatment. Ultimately mm-hmm. it's for her good, mm-hmm. like is what I'm doing. But she just can't understand it. Like her baby brain was not going to understand me saying, you know, we need to collect a CBC because we need to understand. She's not going to understand. And it was kind of like he was saying that to me, like, Kristen, you're not going to understand. I can't even explain it to you. You're not going to understand what I'm doing. Yeah. But I am there just like you are there for Emery. You're looking in her eyes. You're there. You're going to get her through ultimately. Like, I... I have nothing but good for her. Like, I'm not there to harm her. I'm there ultimately to protect her. But it could be perceived that I'm not. It could be perceived that I'm torturing her and hurting her. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just kind of this rec- – I was just recognizing, like, what he was putting me through. Mm-hmm. He was there to, like, look at me and be by my side, and he was using that for something. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't understand at the time. And just trust just trust me. Just trust me that I'm, get, like, getting what we need for mm-hmm. your healing and for hers. And I was like – Oh, okay. <laughs> that's done. Like mm-hmm. it just was the biggest. And that's where I think I kind of shifted and was like, all right, I need to be her advocate. And mm-hmm. I need to just, it was just kind of this idea of I need to forge ahead and I want to be kind of a light for her mm-hmm. and for the community. And I, mm-hmm. I'm no longer going to be scared and afraid and hide in the corner and question and be all these wise and angry because I don't want her to be yeah. that way. Like, I don't want her to grow up with this chip on her shoulder and to be mad at the world, to be mad at God wow. that he's putting her through this. And I, I want to change the community that she's going to be entered into, which is the allergy syndrome community. I want yeah. them to know that there's hope and that you can live and, and, and have that. So that's where it just kind of took me from fear and anger to hope and advocacy. And I just went like full steam ahead and, and joined kind of the uh, nonprofit that um, it's called the Allergy Syndrome Alliance. I joined okay, their board yeah. and just started started changing things and mm-hmm. adding to that community. So, yeah, there's so much good stuff <laughs> know, there. Crazy. Oh man, um, it's I am constantly baffled by the amount of things that God can work in in our lives. Yeah, that we are like this is terrible, horrible. Like I can't, 
I can't see why this is happening. And then all of a sudden mm-hmm. God is like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> yeah. you know, this is for your own good. And this is going yeah. to be like in the case of Emery, like you had this, you know, dream that you had as a child of having this daughter with curly hair. Yeah. And then like, God is like, I'm getting like in the same way that like, this is like the, the suffering is like the part of the process to the dream. Like in the same way, almost it's like God, when he is um, operating on us for our own benefit, if you mm-hmm. will, is in a way helping us realize our dream of like being like Christ, of like mm-hmm. producing that Christ-like character with us and bringing his glory. And mm-hmm. like, uh, I think your story there is such a powerful like reminder of that. Yeah. Um, so you said you started working with the um, Allegio, did I say that right? Yeah, Allegio, yeah. um Foundation. Are you still working with them? Yeah. So the okay. Allegio Syndrome Alliance, um, I'm no longer up like on their board or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, basically what ended up happening is I, after kind of serving on the board, being on adv- advocacy, it kind of led me to like want to do work. It's mm-hmm. like, I want to work in the hospital. Like I want to be with the families that are dealing with these diagnoses. Like some, I, I don't know how, I just want to. I'm just going to start by working at the hospital. So I got a kind mm-hmm. of a random job at the hospital working swing shift mm-hmm. um, just so that I could be with her during the day and then just start to learn kind of the system and like explore like what jobs might do that where I can mm-hmm. like somehow support a family through that journey. Cause I, mm-hmm. I wish I kind of had that. And um, I worked there for two years and I was kind of feeling lost. Like maybe I wasn't supposed to do this. And then all of a sudden one day this job came up that it was, it was called a parent partner, which is basically mm-hmm. someone that literally the job description was for someone to sit with families and help them navigate who also has a child themselves with a high medical needs. Wow. That was the job. I was like, I need a part-time job where I help families. And literally two years from the date that I started there mm-hmm. was the job posted. And so I started working at our local hospital and helping families navigate that. And then through that, just learned about basically peer delivered services, like how to support like peer to peer on mm-hmm. and how to help families navigate through that system and got, got trained in that. And mm-hmm. then through that, um, the, what ended up happening for Emory is a drug ended up getting um, tested hmm. on the allergy community to treat that symptom. Mm-hmm. I entered her into that drug trial trial during all of this, and it actually ended up really taking care of that symptom for her um, and like significantly reduced the itching for her where it Mm -hmm. wasn't a problem like it was. It wasn't causing her to not sleep and all that. So that drug actually got approved Mm -hmm. and um, the the company that um, made that drug kind of invited us to kind of tell our story and hear like Mm -hmm. how this has affected our lives and what, you know, all of that. And through that, I kind of shared my story of what I do for work and Mm -hmm. how I am big for advocacy and um, how I help families kind of navigate the system. And uh, just a couple of weeks after I shared my story and the final day of her trial, her drug trial, we Mm -hmm. finished that up and they gave me a call and they said, we would love if you'd come work with us and help us, you know, support families as they navigate this. So um, six months ago, I joined that company and I'm now like in a position where I can actually like lead and Mm -hmm. create um, basically other family stories. So I go out and meet with other families, have them tell their stories through, you know, like little vignettes and videos or um, testimonials of like how allergy syndrome has affected them and Mm -hmm. and the, the medication and it's 
I can't even believe it. It's so surreal. That like is to go, crazy. I know. It was just like, what? I would have never imagined this could have been something I could have done. And to bring our story to light and bring, and, and the fact of how it's worked out, like mm-hmm. what I am in my industry, in, in pharmaceutical industry, is just like, mm-hmm. this is unheard of kind of. And when I meet people, it's amazing because they're like, this is miraculous how you're uh-huh. here. Like how this all played, like you don't have any experience doing this and you're just here. And I'm like, yeah. And that it just, God's story comes through. I don't even have to hardly say anything. It's amazing. <laughs> They're like, this is, this is bigger than just anything I've ever heard of, you know, uh-huh. and I don't even have to allude to it. And I'll just, and I get to like, basically give my testimony when they're like, well, what happened? I'd be like, well, God just did this. Like it was just mm-hmm. as some, it's a way, it was a way of having a conversation with people about my faith without even. Just coming in their face and be like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a Christian and mm-hmm. you should love Jesus. It was just like they hear our story and they're just people that you would never think would be kind of shocked by that. They're like, mm-hmm. this is, um, her story is amazing. I can't doubt that this is, there's something more to it. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing. Wow. Yeah. That That is incredible. And that, um, if I'm piecing it together, right, you said you Emery started on that drug when she was in, when it was in trial, right? Yeah. So she was so, two and a half. So when she okay. started at two and a half. So that drug probably wasn't even around when she was born. No. What was, they were, I think, starting to like f- work with it. Like there's uh-huh. a lot to that process. Yeah. So it, it's amazing to me that basically the timing where she literally turned two when it became a, like, Mm-hmm. literally in this the tiny little window of time we could have entered into this mm-hmm. she happened to turn to and i it's not a happen to like it's totally god's timing yeah. like uh-huh. all that suffering that i went through it was like he's just like wait like there's a timing i need you to and i need her to be this age there's something coming mm-hmm. it just the timing was exactly what needed to happen even though it didn't make sense at the time yeah that that's incredible and that's like yeah. also just like a great example of like like the necessity almost of faith and that mm-hmm. you had no idea. I mean, no one had any idea what was going on really. Mm-mm. And then all of these things are happening. And then like, it looks like God had a plan after all. And it's like, yep, this window is very specific and maybe it was a surprise pregnancy, but all of a sudden yeah. that's the perfectly timed pregnancy yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I know. So throughout this, um, it, how is Emery like these days with the drug and everything? Yeah, that, I mean, she's, no one really knows. She's like a pretty typical kid. She's doing wow. really well. She, it does affect her heart. So we watch mm-hmm. and monitor her heart. She might have to have maybe surgeries down the road on there. But mm-hmm. again, we kind of live in seasons right now. We're in the season of yearly checkups and mm-hmm. she has a medication that helps, you know, alleviate that symptom. Wow. And we're, I mean, I would have never imagined she would be where she's at compared to what I saw. Like I said, when I went Uh to the internet and you saw what those kids look like and what was happening to them. And, and there still are, there's very severe kids with allergial syndrome and it's really hard to see. And it's Mm -hmm. hard to have a child that's right now mildly affected because Mm -hmm. you just have this guilt, like, you know, because we're all from the same community, but there's such a spectrum of, of that. But, um, she's, she's doing phenomenal. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Um, so Kristen today, yeah. if you got to talk to Kristen um, before Emery was born, <laughs> what would you say? Oh my gosh. That's so tough. I, I, I mean, it sounds so simple, but it mm-hmm. was just kind of like, 
I think I would just be like, trust that there are good things ahead for you and Mm. for her and that God ultimately has your best interests at heart. And even though it feels mm-hmm. like he's silent and you're mm-hmm. suffering and you feel like like it's deafening the loneliness that you're experiencing right now, mm-hmm. that you, he he's there and there's like hope and there's joy and there's good things ahead. It may not be what you think it's going to be though. I think we think of like good things ahead. We kind of imagine for ourselves what we think that's going to be, yeah. but it's like, it's actually far beyond uh-huh. what you can imagine. And even though it's different and it's hard, it's still amazing. And yeah. so it's like, maybe take those expectations out of your head of what you think mm-hmm. is good and just accept and keep going each day and mm-hmm. just trust that there's something ahead that you can't even fathom that will be good for you. Like he, he, I, it's just so hard to articulate. <laughs> yeah. No, I like one of the things that I've been um, kind of thinking about recently is like, uh, Paul writes in Romans, all things work together for good for yeah. those who love the Lord. And I was thinking like, that might be one of the hardest things to believe in all of scripture sometimes mm-hmm. because all these things that are happening and it's like, yeah, it's for good. And I might not be getting that dream house and that dream car or that mm-hmm. d- dream life, but all of these things are working for like even a greater good than I can picture for myself. Mm-hmm. And you just like, beautifully illustrating that really. Yeah. It's a redefining of good. And I think it's, especially if you've grown up with, and and maybe you haven't seen like good things come to pass yet. Like things Mm -hmm. have always been hard, right? Maybe Mm -hmm. things were hard, you know, growing up, maybe things were hard, like no no thing, you never got to see something kind of Mm -hmm. transpire. And Mm -hmm. I think that's hard when you're new in your faith is Mm -hmm. to, you don't have a good um, like track record with God yet to like trust Mm -hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Like, you're just like, everyone says to trust this, but what am I trusting? Like, yeah. I haven't had the experience. I haven't had a, a moment of like, when was the time that you trusted? Like, I was like, I don't, I don't have that. Like, mm-hmm. I just don't, I didn't have that yet. And so it was like, you got to just keep doing that. And now I feel like I've, not that things are easy, but when things hit, it's kind mm-hmm. of like, what's the opportunity here? Like God's doing something. Like yeah. when things, the door shuts really hard or something happens, something, what I think is difficult, like. I'm like, what's he going to do? Like this, this could be something amazing that I don't mm-hmm. even know yet. Mm-hmm. So it's just that trust muscle is a little bit stronger mm-hmm. and I'm a little bit more like at peace about it. Yeah. I don't even like that description of it as like a muscle, like something <laughs> you have to work out yes. and it's not going to be just one day you can go and, you know, bench press 3000 pounds. No. Uh, it takes a lot of time and development. Yeah. Do you ever bench press 3,000 pounds? I'd be very impressed, but (laughs) you know. (laughs) Especially if you're a type A person that likes Mm -hmm. to like Mm -hmm. plan and control and Mm -hmm. and want things to come together. And and trusting has always been really hard. Mm -hmm. You put that with like never having a track record. It's just really hard at first. Yeah. No, that's that's a great word. That's a great (laughs) word. Um, Do you have like any particular like scripture that has like stood out to you in this time or like any like scriptural principles or anything like that? Yeah. The, um, I think, you know, my heart and flesh may fail mm. that, that verse that I'm going to totally recite incorrectly. That's totally fine. Um, but God is my portion. It was kind mm. of like mm-hmm. spoke to me because like Emery's flesh and heart like was failing, Literally. you know? Yeah. And it was kind of like, even if, you know, as a mom, you just like, you can't imagine anything horrible happening to your children. It's like your worst nightmare. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like, even if the worst happens to your children and mm-hmm. 
even if, but I like, I am your portion and mm-hmm. I am enough and I care about them just mm-hmm. as much or more than you do. Um, that's that, that trusting part. And it was just kind of like my heart and flesh may fail, but God is my portion. Like, that's yeah. just kind of what, like her heart and her, fa- you know, flesh may fail, but God is my portion. Like, and I just wanted, I had, that's kind of just what I held on to, even mm-hmm. if honestly, I didn't believe it. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, but I felt like, it was like, I knew it to be true, but I did not mm-hmm. feel it. And I think mm-hmm. that's important to recognize is that a lot of times we think we will feel the mm-hmm. peace of God. We're going to feel like strong. We're going to yeah. feel brave. We're going to feel like he loves us. Most of the time I did not. Mm-hmm. I like most of the time I did not feel anything. It was the actual opposite that I felt, but it was more like that is the truth. I just mm-hmm. have to move in the direction of that truth mm-hmm. and stop trusting the feelings that are wow. being run by lack of sleep, by all of these other factors. Like wow. I, I think of it like even like a VR, you're like, you're in a VR and you feel like yeah. you're going to fall or like things are ha- like spiders are coming at you. And you're like, <laughs> you see people react and they fall mm-hmm. over or do something crazy. It's like, because we're feeling it, but it's not the truth. Like the mm-hmm. truth is you're standing on solid ground, Yeah, right? Like you're, you, everything is fine. Nothing's crashing around you. There's no spiders around you, but like we're reacting as if it's mm-hmm. happening. And I just feel like that's what it's like. It's like, we feel it, but we don't, that's not the truth. Yeah. Right. And that's what I had to just like ground on like, that's not the truth of what's happening. And I have to rely on that. Wow. That's, that's a, there's a lot, there's so (laughs) much in there that I'm like, oh my gosh, we could spend like two years worth of sermon series. Like there's so much good things. Um, I know. I hope that, um, family, those of you listening or watching, um, are able to find something that like you're almost, uh, relating with or connecting with and like a moment, um, cause we all go through life and there's always suffering. Yes. Like yeah. surprise, uh, spoiler alert. There's going to yeah. be suffering in your life if there's not right now. And, um, I just think Kristen, you have such a beautiful story of finding God in suffering and like growing and then even like moving beyond that to helping other people through. Mm-hmm. And I, I just hope for everyone listening or watching that, um, you are able to find a piece of Kristen's story that like you connected with that you felt on a heart level and that God is able to speak to you through that and to say to you, like, hang in there. My vision for you is better than any vision you can have for yourself. And while it might be hard, it will be good. Mm -hmm. Um, And so Kristen, that's about um, all the time we have for today. Um, One uh, real quick, uh, where are you generally at around Morningstar? Like what service do you go to? Are there any ministries you involved in that people would bump into you at? Um, We typically make it to, we we say the 1115 service. I'm just kidding. And I do do love helping in women's ministry. So, Mm -hmm. you know, usually I'm planning women's retreat and things like that this year. I might take a break just because I'm in this new role that I've never done before. But Mm -hmm. um, women's ministry is a, a love of mine of just being there serving women and mm-hmm. and making gathering places obviously the mm-hmm. love is because that was yeah. a huge thing for my life so yeah. that's kind of where I'm at. it's even in yeah. your ministry you're paying paying back the way of the community that god has used through your life and creating yeah. that for others that's so cool yeah um thank you so much Kristen, yeah, for coming for and me. sharing your story um and <laughs> thank you god for that like, incredible story of just yeah. how you've worked in life um family, I hope that you have a wonderful week and that God is able to meet you wherever you are at and that you were able to see him meeting you and your suffering. Um, God bless and thank you for listening. 
Thanks for tuning in to the Morning Star Podcast. Join us again next time as we display God's handiwork and encourage you to live a Jesus-first life.